Blog Talk Radio. Announcers disappear into scrambled sound. <laughs> uh, I don't know what to say other than that we're here, and James is um, barely audible as a kind of a little upcut, choppy sound way in the background. But in you found submarine. us. We're here. <laughs> and maybe James will come back in. I'm seeing a lot of people joining and leaving the chat room, which means that they're having trouble connecting as well. So this is not just James's problem. Are you there, James? I'm here. I just don't know where I'm at. Mm. There he is. Okay, there you are. Well, how about you finish the introduction then about halfway through? <laughs> okay, I'll just start Will, with um, they will take your calls and offer advice and address ameliorate and remediate your con- questions and problems about love, money, career, and spiritual protection using traditional African-American folk magic practices of hoodoo, conjure, and root work as divine and prescribed by the greatest spiritual hoodooists of our time. You can learn a lot just by listening, but if you're selected from among those who signed up at the Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com and called into the show, then you'll be able to be on the air and receive a free consultation. We'll be going to the phones in just a moment, but first let's catch up with our co-host, Catherine Ironwood and Contraman, Ms. Cat. <laughs> oh, boy, that was James. <laughs> caught up. All right. Thank you so much. I have no idea what happened there. And um, and Susan Barnes says, hi, I can hear it. Okay, thank you. Um, uh, Reverend Art says, the dropping in and out of the chat happens when someone's phone goes to sleep. Well, I think everybody's phones went to sleep at the same time. Sort of a wave of narcolepsy overtook them. Um, anyway, here we are. Um, it's a, been a interesting and strange week. I have little to say compared to what I know Contraman will have to say because my weather up here has only been cold and and blowsy, but where he's been at, it's been crazy as hell, and we'll let him tell you all about that. Um, H-E-L. Mostly mostly what's been happening up here in Forceville has been uh, working on websites and working on the Lucky Mojo Forum, which is quietly up going, up, undergoing an upgrade. Um, a lot of new things coming out at that forum. So if you don't know about it, forum.luckymojo.com, place to go and um, post questions about hoodoo and root work. Your own personal moderators will answer your questions. It's not um, 
the usual kind of a forum where people just sit around and and gripe. No, people say, well, how many candles should I put out in this spell? And may I use this size of candle or that color of candle? And someone who's a moderator will answer your questions. So it's a way to learn conjure practice directly on the spot. We do not do readings there. We tell you to come here to the Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Root Work Hour to get your free readings. And that is all that's new here. I've been very busy with books. I guess I should mention that. I've been working on Miss Mike Hill's upcoming book, uh, Snaky Tricks, How to Hide Your Hoodoo in Plain Sight. And by working on it, I mean I'm typesetting it, doing a little editing, a little um, puff and fluff to her noble words. And it looks like it's going to be a really interesting book. It's the book that answers the questions that so many people have, especially young people. How can I hide what I'm doing from my parents, my roommate, my landlord? And that is going to be one popular book, I predict. It's a really unusual topic. And she gives ways to do real hoodoo, actual hoodoo, not just little, you know, pseudo baby hoodoo or pseudo wicca hoodoo or whatever. It's real hoodoo, but it's all hidden. Because, folks, you're not the first person who had to hide your root work. And she delves way back into the past and finds some great old things. And also, she's very original and comes up with a lot on her own. All right. Well, Conjurman, tell us about the weather report. We want to know. <laughs> well, as people people know, I'm uh, I'm I split my time between the East Coast and the West Coast, and I've always uh, bragged about how great the West Coast is because we have such phenomenal weather. And it's true, whether you live in the Pacific Northwest, which is gorgeous and temperate, or you live in Southern California, uh, where you have Mediterranean weather, like year-round. I used to tease my friends on the East Coast. I'm like, we only have 75-degree weather year-round in Southern California. Um, but clearly, karma has come to bite me in the ass for all the, for all the bragging about Southern California weather because, wow, have we had a series of storms. And it's been like that, I would say, all year. That we've, we've been, it's been a rainy 2023 so far. In January, we had like a whole week of pretty severe rain. And then this past weekend, past several days, we've had intense storms, storms that have led to flooding, storms of the power outages. So this is the uh, East Coast getting a little bit of its revenge on the West Coast for all the good weather that we've gotten. But if you were living in Southern California, you probably experienced a power outage. You probably experienced a little bit of flooding. Um, and we joke about this, and we, we sort of make light of the wild weather. But it is also a testament to the fact that we are living in an era of extreme weather. And, Ms. Kat, you and I always talk about that. This is, this is, this is the norm, right? This is how it's going to be mm-hmm. going forward. Um, the damage we've done, the irreparable damage we've done to the environment. Uh, you know, people will use the euphemism climate change. It's global warming. The reality is that these types of extreme weathers is, is going to be the norm going forward. So maybe, maybe uh, those beautiful SoCal sunny days are a little bit in the rear view mirror. That doesn't mean it's, they're going away entirely, but we can certainly expect more of this sort of funkiness. If you're in SoCal, I solidarity is with you. Hopefully, 
you don't have too much uh, water damage. Uh, but this was also a really good opportunity for those of you interested in hoodoo to gather some storm waters, which are often used in a variety of different hoodoo tricks and spells. So if you can capture some storm waters, or for those of you that are in the areas where lightning and thunder were heard, maybe you can find a lightning-struck tree. So there's always a little bit of use in this calamitous weather that can be found. That's, a, you know, that's a really looking on the bright side. <laughs> yeah, making the, best, making the best of what we've got. <laughs> yeah. Um, California snow water would be a, a yeah. real, you know, once every decade thing. Yeah, I mean, I, when my friends send me videos of snowing, I went, snowing where? Can you say that again? Yeah. <laughs> that that reminds me, too, um, that we are working on the upcoming June 10th and 11th Hoodoo Heritage Festival. And one of the workshops is going to be brought to us by Doc Murphy, and it's called, um, uh, oh, I don't think it has a formal name, but it's something to the effect of um, Southern Hoodoo for the Frozen North. And she talks about how to work hoodoo when you live in a place like Minnesota. So all you Southern Californians, now go gather that snow just make a little snowball and put it in your freezer. Hang on to it until June 10th and 11th when Doc Murphy will tell you how to use it. <laughs> anyway, um, today we have as our guest the wonderful Heidi Holton. And we're going to bring her on, and she's going to be talking about sex workers' money magic. But first, let's just uh, say hi. Um, how are things with you, Heidi? Welcome. Hi, Miss Cat and Conjurman. Thank you so much. Um, things are wonderful with me. I am staying really busy, and I, you know, to be honest, I feel slightly guilty. I'm down here in the south. I just had a cookout the other day. It was 70 degrees in February. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, so my my hair is full blown frizzy Southern Belle already. Um, yeah, the weather has been strange, um, but I'm really happy to be here. I'm staying really busy with clients as well as my day job and my music career. Yeah, you're a very busy person, and um, uh, I know you have all sorts of things going on. I'm a follower of your music career, and if anyone doesn't know you, they should just look up Heidi Holton Music, and they'll find all kinds of stuff uh, you have a YouTube channel, isn't that correct? That's correct, yeah. If you search for Heidi Holton and music, you will find lots of different stuff about me. Okay, yeah. It's wonderful. It's wonderful, uh, beautiful music. I love your playing. You're so good. But we're here today to talk about hoodoo, and you brought us the topic of sex workers' money magic. So I'm going to, first things first, point out, but there's a good book that um, Professor Charles Porterfield wrote on this topic, and it is called The Sporting Life, and um, uh, subtitled How to Help Yourself with Hoodoo from the Streets to the Sheets. And this came out in 2016. So we may be referring to some things in that book, with thanks to Professor Porterfield and also his sources but um, I hope someone is going to put a link to the book there. Ah, there it came. I love it when they do that. <laughs> and then we're going to talk about our approaches to 
this kind of work. So why sex workers money magic and what does that mean? Just a little brief intro to the topic. Um, Sex work is a a kind of occupation, but the way you earn money has um, sort of adjuncts to it. The portrayal of sexuality, whether or not you're actually feeling it, but you're going to portray sexuality as an actress might. And that involves um, either being intimate with people or portraying an image of of desire for them. And that means you need to work on your glamour magic in order to be, you know, uh, high energy and sexually alluring. Another thing that sex workers face is danger. There are many people who think of sex workers as throwaway trash people. And um, this goes for both male and female sex workers. They have a very high rate of victimization by uh, violent um, clients or just violent haters. So part of uh, sex worker money magic involves protecting yourself and protecting your money. And then the last part of it is the money part, of course, which is what, what brought us here. It is a way to earn money, but it's a different way because you may not have a a regular place in which to operate, or if you do, it may be um, a place that you um, go in and out of if you're an escort. There are many ways to draw money and for in business, but to draw money through the performance of sex is a, a kind of an extra level of reality. So, um, oh, and Aya Asha Aya says, and violent law officers too. Sex workers can be very vulnerable. You're absolutely right. Mm-hmm. Law mm-hmm. officers will often um, do a spurious arrest and then demand usually oral sex as um a payoff to not, um, this is something people who are working outside the law sometimes need protection, not just from um, violent um, customers, but from violent, quote, protectors, unquote. Yeah. Thanks for mentioning that. All right, well, I'm going to turn this over to you, Heidi. I want you to bring us what you know on the subject and um, you know, give us some uh, outline of the topic. Absolutely. Ms. Kat, you did such a beautiful job explaining the nature of this work. Um, This subject is very near and dear to my heart because I am a former sex worker. Um, I'm not sure very many people know this about me, but I used to be an exotic dancer when I lived in New Orleans. I worked on Bourbon Street. Um, So a lot of the things we're going to talk about are things that I've experienced firsthand. Um, I think that is the reason why um, in my practice as a root worker that I tend to have a lot of clients that are in the sex work industry. Um, And I've noticed this past year or two that there is a wave of clients who are seeking help with sex work, both for better business, more clients, and more money. You cannot turn on the TV and watch a sitcom without someone making a reference to taking seat pics. You can't scroll through TikTok without seeing girls talking about how much money they're making on OnlyFans. Um, I've even heard um, long-term friends of mine, friends who are, you know, church-going women, um, women who I never would have suspected were thinking about doing this type of work, talking about 
selling their panties on eBay or online somewhere. So for me, this is something I've noticed more and more people talking openly about sex work and asking me as a root worker for help. Um, so it's kind of been on my mind lately. Um, I know that inflation is high, the economy is struggling, um, and when people have less money um, and when the poverty level rises, they tend to look for a way to make easy money. I believe that the Internet has helped to destigmatize sex work, and more people are viewing sex work as actual legitimate work. Um, and they're not afraid to talk about it. They're not afraid to do some research to see if it might be right for them. And if they're doing it, they're not afraid to advertise themselves. Um, so that's kind of why I'm bringing this topic up. Um, I would love to focus. You, wait, oh, can I, I, just, I just want to break in here because you said some very, very interesting things here, which is that, you know, the United States was founded as a sort of Puritan nation. I mean, most of the founders mm -hmm. were Puritans of one stripe or another. And sex work was highly um, uh, dismissed, castigated, punished, uh, made illegal in the United States. And even so much so that um, we probably thought that the rest of the world or the rest of the world throughout history had been this way. And but that's not true. Um, sex work has often been openly discussed, but it's only recently been openly discussed in the United States. And the other thing I wanted to mention is that because the Internet, remote sex work has become very, very popular. It reduces the danger to the women of getting sexually transmitted diseases or becoming involved with a violent customer. It puts them in power. They can... Um, do anything, like you said, from from being uh, a, a performer to uh, selling their used panties on online. And this has opened up sex work to so many people that it has now become quite a common topic. Now, some people will say, oh, this shows the degradation of America. But no, it just means we're returning to the glories that were Rome or Greece or any of those Mediterranean countries of classical <laughs> times, right? All yeah, right. So, yeah. so um, yeah. Let's let's get down into it. As someone who has done what I would call in-person uh, work as an exotic dancer, um, did you feel the need to have spells to protect yourself? Did you feel the need for spells to draw money? And what was your favorite money drawing spell? to get people to pay attention to you as an exotic dancer? So I did not really feel the need for protection, although I did protection work on myself. I worked on Bourbon Street, which is kind of like the Disneyland of exotic dancing. Very mm -hmm. family-friendly. I mean, you can get into some trouble, but, you know, it's not – not super seedy. Um, so I never really felt in danger. Um, it was a very positive experience. I did do a lot of money drawing work for myself. And, you know, New Orleans is still one of those places, if you walk down Bourbon Street, you will see girls dressed in their costumes with a packet of sugar, sprinkling it in front of 
the strip club. It's something mm. that everyone knows about. Everyone does. So my um, my friends who I danced with, um, we all did magic. We all did root work. Um, and that was one of my very favorite things to do was right before my shift started, I'd have a little packet of Domino sugar and sprinkle it in front of the place where I was working. Wow. That's a really old trick, too. Um, yeah, that's a that is amazing that that is still persists to this day. And uh, mm. yes, Domino sugar Domino sugar was favored by many because uh, it, Domino is a kind of mask, and it goes mm-hmm. to the Mardi Gras tradition of masking. And um, it's it just was one of those linkages that just worked. There it was. Dominoes are also a game piece. And so if you look at the old ads for Domino Sugar, they have both the mask and the game pieces. And, of course, the gaming refers to gambling and, therefore, to the underground of gambling, which was also forbidden by the Puritans. So, yeah, that's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I we should so, note, too, that um, we're living in a very unique era. Miss Kat, you teased uh, this a little bit. We're living in an era where sex work uh, has taken on new qualities thanks to the Internet. And then in turn, that has formed by the experience of the pandemic. I think uh, recently, as recent as a year ago, OnlyFans mentioned OnlyFans is a, is a platform that can be used for sex work, though it's not exclusively for it. Um, uh, OnlyFans mentioned that they had a massive uptick of people both subscribing as people wanting to view sex work, but also as people doing sex work as a result of the pandemic. People were forced home. People lost their jobs. And so there was a whole new avenue that emerged. So when people think of sex work, they often may misunderstand what we're talking about. It's actually far more widespread than you imagine. A lot of people uh, are doing it. You'll find teachers doing it. You'll find plenty of people either as a side profession or as their primary profession. And through the advent of technology and this sort of historic moment that we're living in, there's been a real change and who has access to it, uh, and who participates in it. So that's something to bear in mind, that we are living in a different era uh, when it comes to sex work. And we may very well be looking at a future in which there is some legalization, because it is an industry that, while growing, there's a a lot of vulnerabilities in there as well, vulnerabilities in regards to issues around taxing, around policing, um, all of these things, and even, and of course, violence, right, not just from police officers, but from clients, etc. So when you talk about doing sex work, there's sort of a combination of wanting to draw in clients, but also protecting the uh, individual. So I am a, a big believer of the combination of Look Me Over and Queen Elizabeth. The two work incredibly, incredibly well. Look Me Over is not just a bewitching uh, product, but it's really good to bring in clients, paying clients who are interested in you. A little bit of look me over that has been made into a body butter or made into a lotion that can be rubbed onto the skin is phenomenal. It works great to draw in clients. While some type of Queen Elizabeth root as a person hand will offer personal power to the individual so that they are strong but also protected and that the clients they received are paying clients and good clients. 
That's a that's really a good one. I'm going to um, add something else here too, which is Balkan Diviner mentioned uh, Cleo May. Now Cleo May, I have a real personal interest in this because Cleo May used to be made by um, famous products novelty company King Novelty Valmore. It was one mm-hmm. set of companies owned by a guy named Morton Newman in Chicago. He owned about five or six companies. The Morton Company was another one, and House of Diamonds and so forth. Anyway, he came up with Cleo May um, as a liquid incense, and this took off immediately. He did not advertise it as being used for sex work. But a liquid incense was an extremely concentrated oil, not diluted to body-safe um, levels with the, uh, with the carrier oil, and it was made to be dripped onto light bulbs, as a way to perfume the room. Now, light bulbs were not even found everywhere in the United States in the 30s and early 40s. So this was an urban thing, and it was part of the rise of urban hoodoo. So Cleo May became the go-to room perfume, much like now we would call something like a Glade strip. It was heated on the light bulb, and it was used to perfume a room. In those days, many prostitutes would um, rent a room by the hour to have sex in. And if they didn't work out of what was called a cat house or a sporting house, um, they would rent the hotel room and then leave. And of course, cleaning out the room in between was not that convenient for the hotels. And it would start to stink up a little bit. And so these women would put Cleo May on the light bulb. It was the only liquid incense at that time that was being sold by Valmore, which was the largest supplier of hoodoo supplies in America at that time. When Valmore went out of business, or famous products, whatever you want to call them, uh, I let their trademark lapse. I had many, many of these items in my collection, and I'm a pretty good nose, and I could break the formulas by just smelling them. You know, they're not too old. You can get all of the smell out of them and figure out how they were made. And so I had come up with what Cleo May consisted of. And I thought, well, I'm going to make it as a liquid incense. But in the end, I chose to just make it as a oil and a carrier oil because it was very expensive to make little t- The bottles, if you've seen an original bottle of Cleo May, it's tiny. It's a tiny, tiny little bottle with the smallest size eyedropper. Not a, no, no half ounce, no quarter ounce. It's like a really small because it was expensive. But I decided to make it the way that I make all my other oils with a little carrier oil. Putting it on light bulbs is what made it become the the, the prostitute's go-to oil. And when I was young, I was taught that it was, you know, used to to perfume a room where you're going to have sex with a man. But then a woman uh, in a shop that I was in in Oakland mentioned that she used it on her husband. And, of course, the other women laughed at her and made a joke. I mean, you know, it was was like... they said, oh, you used to be a whore. And she was like, no, no. I just used it to get my husband to give me his paycheck. And they all laughed. <laughs> well, that, you know, that's the same thing, isn't it? And there was, you know, there was a lot of good-natured bantering that went around about this. But I decided to, to see if Cleo May had an effect on men giving you money that was not for sex. And so I began experimenting with it. I found it worked. When I started Lucky Mojo, it was one of the very first um, – perfumes that I put out as an oil. And I'm I swear by it. It's used by uh, card readers such as myself and Valentina Burton has also attested to this. If you're a card reader who reads in public, put Cleo May on the four corners of your table before you throw your little velvet 
tablecloth over your reading table, and men will give you bigger tips. It really works. Just had to say you know, that. I can I can attest to that too. I ha- I found my original bottle of Cleome that I bought back in my dancing days, um, and I was looking through you know my stuff preparing for this show yesterday, and then I had to go and play a show, and I had some of that Cleome oil on my hands. Even 15 years later, um, it really worked. My tip jar was packed full. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It really gets the tips. It gets the tips. Um, it's an amazing thing, and there's nothing else quite like it. And like I said, I have a kind of vested interest in it because I'm the one who brought it back after the company that originally made it had um, ceased production. So well, we are grateful yeah. for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, well, Heidi, your turn. Throw us another um, great little trick. All right, so this is going to sound really silly, um, but I promise all of the girls that I used to dance with, we swear by this. Make your makeup bag be full of products that have sexy names. Um, And I will give you some examples. Um, Essie, a nail polish company, makes a really beautiful pink called Sugar Daddy. Um, There's a blush by NARS that is called Orgasm. I use Too Faced Better Than Sex Mascara every day. Um, Bare Minerals makes an eyeshadow called Sex Kitten. And I apologize if my mother is listening to this. Too Faced also makes a lipstick called Suck It. (laughs) So I am going to say this is an old, this is a great trick for dancers, but you can use this no matter what form of sex work you're using. You want your makeup to be really fresh. You want your cheeks to be rosy. You want to look like you're aroused and turned on. Um, And using these products that have, you know, cute, sexy names, I think really helps to get you in the mood for, um, for your performance. So that is, that is a tip from an old pro. That is, that is absolutely wonderful. There also are some specifically hoodoo products for this too. Um, There is of course, um, come to me, Follow Me Boy, Follow Me Girl for the men um, or women who are want to have sex with other women. And those, um, oh, and Kiss Me Now and um, and Love Me. Love Me used to be the name of a, a, a sexually named body powder back in the 1890s when they stopped making it. Valmore started making it. And so Love Me is an old, old formula. It goes back way more than 100 years and uh, smells just as great now. Reverend James says, what about Q? Well, that's right, Q. Um, oh, a, yeah. A formula, a formula um, devised by Herman Slater of New York City back in the day when to say the word queer was not done. And so he had a little sign next to it. It said, do you know the secret of Q oil? <laughs> and the secret was it was queer oil. <laughs> That's a good one. And there are other things that you can add to such oils. You know, blending oils is, or sachet powders or incense. This is very commonly done. Pay Me um, is a good addition, for instance, to Love Me. Love Me, Pay Me. It makes a little narrative of intention. Nice. How about you, yeah. Conjurement? You got another one? Uh, I do. I'm a big fan of sugar scrubs. Uh, before you Ooh. go out and do any of this type of work. So if you make a sugar scrub, 
if you ever are looking for a professional to make your sugar scrub mist, um, Madame Nadia is a quite quite a bit of an expert on this other than chanting work. But in general, any type of uh, sugar scrub, I'm, I love it. If you can make a sugar scrub and you add a little bit of the oils that have been mentioned here, like Miss Kaz mentioned, uh, follow me boy or follow me girl, uh, Kiss Me Now is um, my absolute favorite for any type of sex work for clients. You mix a little bit of Kiss Me Now with Pay Me oil, just a little bit, just a little Pay Me, uh, and you put that in a, a sugar scrub that you then scrub the body uh, before you go out. Fantastic. All right. I'm going to, I'm going to, um, I love to sell products, no question about that, but I'm going to go back into the past a little bit. And uh, this is a a spell that comes from 1938 from Memphis, Tennessee, from a woman whom Reverend Harry Hyatt interviewed. Now, for those who don't know, Reverend Harry Hyatt interviewed 1,605 African-American people about hoodoo and got spells from them and collected them and published them. So this woman, her name unknown, is referred to as a hustling woman from a professional house. She was intelligent, attractive, and a high school graduate, driven into prostitution by poverty um, during the Great Depression, had been a streetwalker, but now had a secure position in a brothel. So she told uh, Harry Hyatt all of her spells that she used and how she used them. But here's a simple one that... um, just really doesn't use any products at all. Now, she was a Catholic, and she said, wear a Catholic medal or crucifix as a necklace under your clothes where it cannot be seen. And when you're out on the street, every time you catch a trick before you go with him, take it out, hold it in your hand, and pray, Lord, have mercy on me in what I'm about to do, and put it back inside your dress. That's lucky, and it also brings in more tricks. Oh, isn't that a unique one? That's <laughs> for, all you, for all you Catholic prostitutes. She also said another one I'm going to mention, very short. If you are troubled by the prospect of entertaining violent clients in your room, make a fan of the following playing cards. Nine of diamonds, ten of diamonds, ace of diamonds, and jack of diamonds in that order. Tack them up with the faces out above the door to your room to protect yourself. So this was in a brothel. All right, over to you, Heidi. All right, so I have um, I have a special tea that I used to drink. Um, and it, this tea was given to me not by a root worker, but by um, someone who worked at a, at a whole food store. Um, when you wear a lot of makeup when you're a performer, your complexion tends to get dull. Um, your, your pores might get clogged, you might get blemishes, and this tea helps clear up blemishes, but it also has some um, root work applications. So it's a simple blend of equal parts white sage and peppermint. The sage in, in root work brings wisdom, strength to women, and also helps protect from the evil eye. And mint is going to protect your money. So you kind of get a little, you know, feeding two birds with one scone type deal here. Not only are you drinking some tea that is going to help to protect you and keep your money safe, but it's also going to give you really beautiful, glowy skin. My recommendation is that if you are in this line of work, um, drink this tea on a regular basis. 
limit your consumption of alcohol and choose to eat healthy foods and drink an abundance of water. Um, you want to make sure that your physical um, appearance stays really nice, and this tea is going to help to do that for you. Instead of drinking a soda or drinking alcohol in the evenings, drink this tea in equal parts sage and mint. Um, and it tastes delicious. It makes your skin glowy and beautiful. Um, you can thank mm. me later. Right. Tea and mm. sage. Sage has a long reputation as a woman's drink, woman's tea. This is a um, really goes back a long time in European um, herbology. So, and mint, of course, is um, a cleaning and and protective, very important uh, herb. So that really has a medical basis to it. And um, bathing with it or using it as a face wash would be very good for you. Very good. All right. That's a, mm. that's a wonderful one. All right. How an about old, you, Conjurman? An old-timey one that I've uh, adapted. So uh, when people worked in or in instances of an actual physical location like a brothel or a shop, even a, a sex shop, they used to burn incense on the front door to draw clients in and the incense uh, was generally a variety of different combinations so for example you can use look me over uh, and pay me now but then you would add a pinch of sugar and a pinch of cinnamon another common one was to burn the scrapes of shoes or uh, any type of old shoe the idea is that it would bring in quite literal foot track into the place of business in the digital age, I've adapted this to some extent where you may not be wanting foot track because it's your home, maybe you're webcamming or you're doing work online rather than it. So instead, what you do is you burn the incense off camera. You still, whatever room you're in, whether you're in a dedicated office, bedroom, or whatever it is you're working, you would set the incense up at the door of that bedroom, and it would be a small sensor or a thermal. You would mix, look me over, and a pinch of painting. Then you want to add sugar and cinnamon. Not a lot. You're not like, burning a lot of sugar here. Just a pinch of cinnamon and a pinch of sugar to sort of sweeten it. And you put this on a charcoal. You burn it down. Or you can use loose incense that you've, mixed, you've uh, formed into a comb. You just add that pinch of sugar, add that pinch of cinnamon into the cone, make it, and then light that, and then perform whatever webcam you're doing, whatever online services you're providing. But this would then, well, this works really, really well because I have found incense is a powerful spiritual tool for distance work. We often use smoke and incense for things like contact magic, for to come and communicate with me, come in contact with me. We use it to, to reach out to the spirits of people that are not physically nearby. So in this instance, you're not drawing in literal foot track into your um, shop, but you are drawing digital foot track into whatever chat room or et cetera that you have on there or your platform like OnlyFans. So this works really, really well. Burning incense, you want to do it right on the door. So if you open the door, you put it right on the threshold, light it, and let that draw in clients for you. That's a good one. I just want to add to that that um, – Burning old shoes, leather shoes, or shoe soles, or shavings yep, of yep, shoe yep. soles on incense with sugar on a Friday um, in the backyard of a whorehouse is was the very first of those I ever yep. learned, <laughs> and it's yep. a good one. Very old timing. <laughs> yeah, um, and so um, 
Burning on a Friday was interesting because Friday is the day of Venus, which is sexuality. Mm-hmm. So just a, another Venus, uh, old, old one here. Okay, I'm going to give yeah, you a... Friday was um, also a day people usually got paid back in the day. And Venus still has a lot of connections to wealth. It's not just Jupiter. It's not just Mercury. Venus as well. Mm-hmm. So here's another one using mace. Now, mace is the aerial or outer coat of nutmeg. And um, you can take mace powder and add distilled vinegar. That would be the white vinegar and water. Now, you have to dilute it to the level that a douche would be diluted. So don't be putting mace and vinegar up your pussy uh, without diluting it. You can look up uh, recipes for making a distilled vinegar and water douche and just add a little mace powder. They... Prostitutes who use this, mace powder, distilled vinegar, and water do say a man whose member comes in contact with the woman who has thus dressed her pussy will seek her out and pay her well. And particularly, he will come back again. Now, mace is the outer coating of nutmeg, and nutmeg is a well-known money herb, as is mace. So this is kind of a dress your pussy for money kind of thing. Um, so it's just a, a good one. And... Um, I want to give you another one, just one real quick one. Um, help a, attract a particular man whose name you know. You can soak catnip in whiskey, or you can soak it in Kananga water and sprinkle that liquid on your doorstep every day for 21 days. And during the same time, you're going to light a total of three red seven-knob candles. And on each knob, you're going to put your wish for attracting this man to you. Burn one knob at night with the name of the man carved onto each knob. Now, this is not for um, random uh, customers. This is to get one person to be um, your sugar daddy. This is for a gold digger. Okay? Nice. How about it, Heidi? All right. So I have a really really important thing to bring up. This is going to mix some mundane work with some old-time hoodoo. Um, so one thing that I noticed with my friends who were in the industry was money tended to come easy and go just as easily. It's an easy come, easy go profession. And my advice to all of my clients is that if you are in this industry, be in it to win it. Go to your local community college. Go to the small business center. You can usually take a class on money management for free. Um, please, please do that because you're, you know, you're working hard for your money and we want to make sure that you're holding on to it. So take care of the mundane aspect about this. Learn about money. Learn how to balance your checkbook. Learn how to invest your money. Um, and at the same time, here's a really nice old school working that you can do when you are earning money. Um, if you're earning cash, um, use the cash that you earn from your tips to do this. If you're not earning cash, you're going to need to go to an ATM and withdraw some cash so that you can do this spell. Um, So you're going to need to take a Bible and um, start stuffing it full of dollar bills. Um, Start on the 23rd Psalm and put your first uh, bill in there. And then the next time you earn some tips or earn some money, count 20 pages in and put another bill. You can do this with dollar bills, five. 10s, 20s, 100s, it depends on how much you're making and how much you're willing to commit to um, saving. But do this as soon as you start making money and commit to a savings goal. 
saving it in that Bible is going to keep your money protected and serve as a reminder for you to, you know, continue to save. That's a that's a real good one. And uh, people who are not in the sex industry use this also. Small business women and men um, will mm-hmm. always put a, a bit of their cash income into a Bible. You can um, start at the 23rd Psalm. Some people say do it once a week when you get your paycheck. Some people say do it every day. What, different people will do it different ways. Some people say skip seven pages for seven days. Some say skip 23 pages because it's the 23rd Psalm. But the idea is you go through the Bible adding the money. When you come back around again, you can um, upgrade the money from a dollar to a five or a 10 or a 20. Uh, or you can just close that Bible and start a new Bible. Yeah, it's so important to save. It's so important to think long term because it, generally when you're in the sex work industry, you're not in it for a long career. You're in it short term. Some people stay in for life, but you know the majority of people stay in for a little while and then move on to do something else. And learning how to manage your money and save while you're while you're doing this is going to put you in much better standing than if you're blowing your your entire wad every time um, on the latest handbag or new shoes or silly or bailing your boyfriend out of jail. Um, save some money for yourself <laughs> and get yourself set up financially. That is that is so true. Um, I had a friend has since passed away, a guy named Mark Perkel, and he was a, a software developer and in the early days, and he also was a web designer. And he made a deal with every prostitute. He, he preferred to have sex with prostitutes after a marriage that had failed. He never wanted to go back to having a steady girlfriend, ever. He just wanted to have a nice, safe sex with prostitutes. And he set up a deal with these prostitutes that he would create a web page for them, um, get their pictures up on it and everything like that, as long as they promised him that at some time in the future they'd have sex with him one time. And he didn't even cash in all, all the sex he was owed by the time he died. But women all over the country came to him for these web pages. And one of the things he told me was, he goes, and I'm, I'm quoting him directly, he said, you know, it's just a shame. These, these poor women, they're beautiful women. They're wonderful at sex. They're really great. They don't have the sense enough to have a bank account or a website. And so... Mm-hmm. He uh, he he felt that they needed the they needed help with their finances, and that is so true. So thanks for mentioning that, Heidi. One of the other ways to accumulate money is to always keep a little bit of money in your purse or wallet or pocketbook. Never let it go empty. Never let it go empty. The last dollar bill in there should be the first one you put in, and it should have some writing on it that's a prayer petition for more money. The last coin should always be the first coin that you put in. Make sure it's different than the other coins. I like the Sacagawea dollar because it's a woman on it, and she's uh, you know kind of bright and brassy, looks good. But any kind of a coin that you can tell from the other coins would be good to put in that. Some people will keep um, money in a little home, you know, around their in their bureau or something like that with a lodestone also mm-hmm. to draw more mm-hmm. money. Yeah. Mm. I was told that one of the ways to, to draw in money as a sex worker is to place that money actually under the bed. 
So whatever type of ritual money that you're doing, whether you set up one of those Bibles where you're putting in the, the money in the various pages of the Bible, you have a money lodestone, etc. place it underneath the bed if you have space for it. You place it onto a tray, slide the tray under the bed, and then pull it out when you need to feed the lodestone or put in more money. But you place it there so that the money keeps coming to your bed or coming back to your bedroom. Uh, one technique, and also one alteration of this, is you take uh, four Sacagawea coins and you place it underneath the posts of your bed. So you place one Sacagawea. You can also do this with mercury dimes. You place one in each corner of the bed underneath the posts so that they're basically on top of these coins. They're pressing down the carpet. And then you place the lodestone on a small plate, feed it magnetic sand, and place that in the center underneath the bed. So what you've done is you fixed your bed as a money-making site, as a site that draws money and protects your money. In many ways, it transforms your bed into a money altar of sorts. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's really, really good. Um, I'm going to add that you can also dress those coins with some sort of an mm-hmm. oil, like um, fast luck oil, um, Cleo May oil, or anything like that. And I'll I'll tell you another one um, that people will often, who are sex workers, will put money between the box spring and the mattress. And, again, this is making yeah. your bed into a money altar. So you can do all of those things. You've got the four coins. You've got the, the oil. You've got the uh, lodestone and magnetic sand on a tray under the bed. And you've got the, the, the $20 bill or whatever you want between box spring and mattress. Traditionally, because the price of um, prostitution used to be $2, that was sort of a long-term uh, thing in America that it was called whore's wages. A $2 bill is called whore's wages. They still have $2 bills. They are still legal tender, but you need to kind of go find them probably from a coin shop or online. A $2 bill is the the traditional bill to put in your um, pocketbook or put between your box spring and mattress. Always a $2 bill. Mm, and you can dress it with Cleo May oil. Uh, I was told that if you want to have a regular paying client that is uh, good and bad, uh, this was taught to me by an, an older worker who themselves, uh, were when they were younger, they were a sex worker. Uh, she said that if you want to get a paying client that is a regular of yours, give them some ginger tea that you've added just a little bit of your sexual fluids to. What that will do is it will get them to keep coming around to you uh, ginger also happens to be pretty uh, good for vitality anyways. So a ginger mm-hmm. tea with a drop of your sexual fluids will make them an, a regular client of yours who will come back always randy for you and always willing to pay for you. Yeah, and put, use, that, use a little bit of that um, honey or sugar to sweeten it too. Yes, yeah, that would be fantastic. Mm-hmm. You got another one, Heidi? I do. This is very, very simple, um, and it is to rub your pussy juice behind your ears. 
Um, mm. I, I came I came across this on social media the other day. All these young girls were talking about vabbing, <laughs> vaginal vabbing, like they had just mm-hmm. discovered the latest greatest trend in the whole world, <laughs> and I just couldn't help. <laughs> I just couldn't help but laugh because you know that's what you do if you're gonna. Um, Meet up with somebody in person. Make sure that they can smell your scent. Well, you know, this this shows that everything um, new is old. I was actually taught that by my grandmother. Oh, wow. <laughs> and I'm 75 years old. So, yeah, I'm sure it goes back to um, ancient times. And there's a real um, a real reason for it. Um, because women uh, recently have, you know, in the past, you know, several thousand years have taken to wearing skirts that focus the scent of their pussy downward, men who are usually taller than women can't smell their pussy. So we don't walk on all fours like a dog. We can't be sniffed. So we have to actually get the pussy juice out and then up by our ears, since most men are a bit taller than most women, that's where they'll be able to smell it. I love it. Well, all the kids are doing it now. <laughs> Well, that's nice. <laughs> that's so nice. <laughs> I, I, oh, gosh. Yeah, like I said, everything old is new again. Um, <laughs> it's a hip trend, says Nakashiva. Um, but that's a, there's, like I said, when you have something like that, that there's a real reason for it, um, that means it probably goes back to, you know, prehistoric times, I'd say. And, oh, yeah. um and you can mix your pussy juice with a little bit of uh, perfume or a little bit of magical oil of some sort. They make a nice combo. And if you want to add your pussy juice to your perfume, if you use an alcohol-based perfume, it will be preservative to the menstrual blood or pussy juice that you put in. But um, if you are... Uh, going to you know try to dose a whole bunch of stuff that's liquid i would not i would just do a little just do it on an as needed basis because um all of these proteinaceous exudations are uh, degradable and we want to keep that nice and fresh so just add a little bit i just would rather mix it right there behind the ear just put put it behind the ear and then throw a little bit of perfume on top of it yeah you want it to be fresh Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Reverend Art posted, I'm just sitting here learning. Well, Reverend Art, um, <laughs> we have a lot to teach you. One thing we haven't really talked about is male prostitutes and their secrets. So I'm going to throw out one that I learned a long time ago from a man named uh, Papa Jim of uh, San Antonio, Texas. And this was during the days when there were a lot of men who were tricking in drag. In other words, they were posing as women uh, going in for real quick sex with men and, you know, kind of um, strapping themselves in such a way that they hoped not to be caught out as a man. But they wanted to um, present as a woman who would accept anal sex. I know this sounds very, you know, we're going back in time. Nowadays, people just do what they want. But at the time, that was a thing. What he said was you should use banana oil on the backs of your thighs. Now, banana oil is a scent. It was the, one of the first artificial fruit flavors, and it was the basis of juicy fruit gum. And um, he said, so you can, if you want to do oral sex, you can chew juicy fruit gum. And if you want them to have anal sex with you, but think you're still a woman, you put banana oil 
on the backs of your thighs and down as far as the back of your knee. Those were the days, huh? Nice. I would love I would love to point out while we're talking about male um, sex workers, we've talked about safety for women sex workers. Some of the most dangerous things happen to male sex workers. So if you are out mm. there on the streets working, please, please, please be careful. A lot of crimes um, are committed against male sex workers at a disproportionate rate. Um, so please watch your back. Yeah. Um, Onyx Rose says, really? Banana oil? What? Yes, banana oil. (laughs) That's true. Papa Jim knew a lot of um, interesting uh, things that he had picked up. He was from Indiana. He lived in uh, Texas, and he spent time over the border in Mexico. And, um, uh, yes, um, being a male sex worker can be dangerous, of course. Mm. And um, so, again, some sort of law keep away is good because um, there are a lot of police officers who want to have uh, male-on-male sex, but they don't want to be known for that because, hey, they're police officers. And so they can become pretty violent if you're noncompliant. And so law keep away is good not just to keep from being arrested, but to keep those down low cops off you right it's it's really is a problem and then of course just general protection is good um yeah so but you know have fun if and and how you can i would say that um one of the things that we were talking about was doing camera work of one sort or another and only fans and things like that this has made sex work so much safer and yes. as uh, Contraband said, you can burn incense off camera. Another thing you can do is dress your um, the place where you where you are posing or working, um, and put um, loaded statuary. You can burn some candles for um, atmosphere, and they can be dressed. No one's going to smell them directly, but they will see the light. And they will be attracted to the light. So statuary and candles making a nice scene that has within it some of the implications of sexual sexuality and money are, is a good way to work. It's it's difficult when working indirectly to really convey the uh, the full power of who you are or what you do. So you have to keep your environment. Um, made, uh, you know, attractive. Definitely. And women, if you have a choice for when you create your content, if it's not on a time limit and you can choose, create your content when you're ovulating. That's going to make you more attractive to the opposite sex. Oh, yes, yes. That is that is really true. Um, that Again, this is um, just natural nature. This is not something specific only to... Um, the sex trade, but women who are um, singers and performers also notice they get better response when they're ovulating. Oh, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Have you noticed that? I've definitely noticed that, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Everybody wants to be your friend then. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, we got a lot of spells out there for you folks. They're all 
listed in the chat room. And um, thank you very much, Heidi, for this. We're going to um, get some information, and we're going to be taking a reading with a client. Uh-oh. We have silence. I thought we had an uh, announcement, but uh, support for this program is provided by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and located online at luckymojo.com, and the Association of Independent Readers and Root Workers, AIR, a directory of ethical and authentic conjure practitioners located online at readersandrootworkers.org, and by Hoodoo Psychics, the first psychic line run entirely by Hoodoo practitioners. Receive a reading with a trusted root worker instantly. Call 1-888-4-HOODOO or visit hoodoopsychics.com and by the Crystal Silence League, a free online prayer service of the Association of Independent Spiritual Churches, located online at crystalsilenceleague.org. Now it's time to go to the phones and talk to today's client. Our caller is Miss Moody. I believe it's also Rebecca Moody in the chat today, calling from area code 631 in New York. Miss Moody, are you there? Yes, hello. Hello. You indicated that you had no readings on this situation. Is that correct? Yes, that is correct. Okay. And she writes, Hello, Lucky Mojo team and Miss Cat. I have had a situation where I feel I was mistreated. I have been in pastry school and just graduated. The final step was an internship. I thought that the chef liked me, and he seemed he was liking my work through the entire externship. He also told me to take part in cake competitions, and I won a couple of awards. I was extremely annoyed when I got the final evaluation from him, He was very discouraging and wrote a lot of negative comments about my performance. I would like to know what happened and why he said those things. Turning it over to you, Ms. Kat. Wow. That's really sad, Ms. Moody, because it sounds like you did everything right. And and then suddenly to get slapped with that. Well, I'm going to do a a quick reading and see what I get. I will ask you a couple of questions like I always do. What is your sign of the zodiac? Um, Gemini. Gemini. And what is his sign of the zodiac, if you know it? Uh, I think he's a Leo. I'm not so sure. Okay. Well, we'll just we'll just consider that he's just a floater somewhere in the zodiac. All right. Um, I'm going to uh, first of all, as a Gemini, I'm going to tell you, Gemini's find it often easier to bounce back from such setbacks than most people. And so don't let it get you down. But let's see, what was on his mind? What was he doing or thinking? Well, number one is an odd card, and I have no idea why I got it, but I'm going to read it straight. It's the card of sickness and ill health, and it shows a a woman and a younger man or boy uh, walking through the snow, He's got crutches, she's in rags, they're outside of a big building where there's money. I think something's wrong with this man. He may have an illness, because this is the card of illness and good health, and he may have a loss of money. It's also the card of poverty. Something is on his mind that is not so much about you. Maybe he has a partner who's ill, family member. Something is going on with him that is not the best and that doesn't really redound upon you particularly other than that he's in a gloomy lousy mood and he also doesn't know how to get help for himself 
maybe mental depression. It, like I said, it could be sickness in the home. Something is wrong with him or his family. Uh, the next card is uh, much more what I was uh, kind of expecting to see. It's actually a card of betrayal. It's the Ten of Swords. And this is a card of gossip and back talk. It's a card of um, expecting things to go pretty well, but suddenly you're stabbed in the back. It kind of comes out of nowhere. He may have heard things about you from other people because it is about backstabbers, but it really is about people who smile in your face and then stab you in the back. But again, his reason isn't as well explained by this card as the fact that he did it. That is what he did. But but as for why, why would he be in such a, a mood? And then I have the last card, and this kind of tells the story of his intentions. This card is called the Four of Coins. It's the card of poverty. So it goes back to that Five of Coins, which was about ill health and poverty. Here we have poverty again. And this is a, a guy who is a king, but he's lost his castle. He's lost his throne. He's lost his um, courtiers. He's He's trying to hold on to his money, and he's been cast outside of a city. He's sitting on a little park bench, kind of homeless. He's dressed in torn clothes, rags, and he's holding on to his money, and he's got tears in his eyes. This guy's going through some sort of a problem. He may feel so monetarily eclipsed at this point that he doesn't want to raise up any competitors. He has a little coin over his head, that says he probably has a little more money than he thinks he does, but he's putting one coin under his feet, under each foot, and he's holding one in front of his chest. This is a sad person who really is suffering from what's sometimes called the scarcity of resources model of the universe. He has to hold on to everything because if he lets any of it go or puts it into trade or transaction, he's afraid he won't get more. And so I think he is afraid of competition. Um, I think he's afraid that if he, uh, you know, gives you, you know, good reviews or gives anybody a lot of play, that they will outclass him. And there's a, something going on with him that is um, not pleasant. That backstabber, that's his personality. So my feeling is don't let it get you down. This guy is um, strange, and you may find out later that he has done things like this to other people. But I don't think it's about you. Not a single one of these cards say that you failed in any way. It really is about him having this poverty um, feeling. Both the first and third cards are about poverty. And uh, I just I feel that there's something going on wrong in his life. So not an excuse and not to say I have compassion on him because I don't. Because people should be truthful you know, no matter what's going on in their lives, if they're going to take on the role of a teacher. But this is not any card that has to do with being a great teacher. And he may, with that um, little lost king at the last card, he may feel that his role as a leader or teacher or authority figure is slipping away from him. So that's how I see it. I'm going to turn this over to Heidi. 
Hi, Ms. Moody. I am so sorry about this situation. I know how frustrating and demoralizing it can be when we receive that kind of, you know, unexpected criticism. I um, agree with Kat 100% on the reading. My first card that I pulled is the Ace of Swords. You're coming in hot. You are naturally gifted at what you do, and you also have the ability to learn quickly and be very creative with, with the things that you're doing. Um, he sees your success as a threat. Um, you know, you're coming in hot here. The next card I drew was the Ace of Pentacles reversed. He is going through some sort of loss, some sort of diminished opportunity, poor planning on his part, but his finances are not in order. Things are not going good for this person. Um, as Ms. Kat said, it's nothing that you've done wrong. Um, it's, it's more of a him problem than a you problem. Um, I do believe that um, your outcome will be fairly good. I got the justice card. So this card is all about fairness, all about the balance of cause and effect. Um, I think that this might not be the first time that he's been threatened by someone. This might not be the first time that he's been a less than nice person. And he's feeling those effects. He's feeling that karma catching up with him. You're going to come out on top in this situation. Don't let his unkind words or his criticism um, deflate you. Um, the, the food industry is a very competitive industry, as is any creative field. Um, the better you are at what you do, expect to be criticized. I would almost take this um, and turn it around as a positive for myself if I were you and just, you know, know that this, these actions are coming from a place of jealousy on, on his part and almost take that as a compliment. You know, don't internalize that too much to where you're feeling bad about yourself because this was not a fair way that you were treated. Um, and going forward in the future, no one is going to look at his critique and think less of you. Yeah, I I agree on that. My My sense here is that he's dug himself into a pretty deep hole emotionally. Mm -hmm. um, I'm going to pull one card because we still have a little time before we need to get to Ollie and the spell work. I'm going to pull one more card on his future. Okay? So just cut the deck. And what I have here is the Four of Swords. So this is the right, and it comes right now. I have it in the middle, right mm. under the Ten of Swords. Yeah, this is called not dead yet, but getting there. And mm -hmm. this is a prepared coffin. He has won awards. Those swords on the wall. There's a sword on the side of his coffin. There's something wrong with this guy. Something has happened to him, and he may uh, be. Uh, I don't say he's going to die soon, but there's something here. He's in a pretty bad emotional state maybe physically uh, not doing well and i'm not again i'm not feeling compassion for him because people can remain kind even while on their deathbeds and he's he's not there yet either but there's a something something wrong with this guy he may have some sort of mental um or physical problem that is not clear and um so um He's not well, is uh, what I would say. Okay, so I'm going to turn this over to Contraman and see what he has to say. Yeah, you've gotten some really good readings here to help you understand why things happened. 
But root work is also about what you can do afterwards. It's great to get inside. It's great to be like, okay, now I know what's happened, why this thing has happened. But how do you move forward? Because you don't want to be stuck in a situation where you dwell on the harm. You also want to ameliorate it so that this person cannot continue to do harm to your career. Clearly, this is a path where this person has a lot of influence, right? They're dealing in things with like uh, internships, whether you get them or not. So I highly recommend doing uh, some type of freezer working to halt this person's ability to harm your career chances. Uh, if you get your certification, you get your culinary certification and whatnot, that's great. But uh, the culinary world relies a lot on networks. It relies pretty heavily on uh, even what we would call sort of apprenticeship systems. So you want to be able to get the reputation. You want to be able to get the accolade without any of the negative stuff that's going there. Uh, and so what you can do is a freezer work works wonders. You don't want to do anything too aggressive because if there's a massive falling out, that harms you as well. That makes your career path more difficult. It makes your chosen path more strenuous. So we don't want to do anything that will harm you, in other words, right? Don't throw a grenade in your own house, in other words. It's, even if your enemy is in that house, it's best to isolate the enemy than throw a grenade and accidentally burn your house down. So this is why I recommend a freezer working. Something very simple. You can take this person's name and photo. If you can get a photo, write their name three times on the back, turn it, and write shut up in nice, big, bold letters. Take this photo, place it on a paper towel, place the paper towel on top of an aluminum foil with a reflective side facing inward. Take a big old lemon and squeeze it all over so that the photo and the paper towel is soaked by the lemon. Then sprinkle alum on top of it mixed with salt and pray that it silences this person's tongue and that they are unable to take any action against you. Fold this up very carefully because it's nice, kind of soggy and wet. Fold it up so that the aluminum foil catches it all. Fold it nicely and then place this packet into the freezer. This will ensure that so long as it remains frozen, so long as it's frozen, this person will be unable to act against you, unable to undermine you, unable to speak against you. Even if this person has given harsh criticism to you, you don't want that criticism to go to spread, in other words. You don't want his opinion to spread because that can then undermine you. So do some freezing work of that. Then I want you to do a nice, good cleansing bath, both to remove the ickiness of the work that you've done, but also to help heal your heart a little bit. Any cleansing bath will do. I would highly recommend that any bath that you use include a combination of basil to clear to clear up the mind and to remove evil and a sprinkle of Florida water with your own version, uh, with your own cleansing mixture. So you can, for example, do basil and bay leaf with a splash of Florida water. But at minimum, basil and Florida water are required in any type of cleansing. They are really good for clearing up the soul and clearing up the mind and removing the negativity. And then I want you to do uh, get a mojo back. You need some type of personal talisman of success that you can carry with you. This is something that you can tuck into your bra or your pocket when you're doing work, whatever work you end up in. You want this success. Create this mojo bag ideally on a day uh, for success. You can also do it on a Sunday for success. Both of these will be fantastic days. Gather five-finger grass, 
bay leaves, deer's tongue, a little bit of cinnamon, and the lodestone with magnetic sand. I'm going to repeat that. Five-finger grass that you were successful with all five of your fingers, bay leaves that you are crowned with success, deer's tongue that your words are heard and influence others, cinnamon to draw to you money and to draw to you favor of others, a lodestone to attract to you success. Now, when I say a lodestone, I mean a lodestone grit. Very small, and you can buy them. Lucky Mojo sells them in packages, and you get a whole bunch of these lodestone grits. I don't want, like, a full-on lodestone in there. You don't want to make a lodestone so big, or you don't make a mojo bag so big that it's uncomfortable to put in your bra or in your underwear or in your pocket, right? This is this this is the pass test. I think Miss Cat in her... Uh, uh, who who <laughs> correspondence course has this as an actual, it's called the broad test, I think, right? Don't you call it something like that? Like mm-hmm. something that you make you can make it enough so it's not uncomfortable to put in your bra. She has a name for it in the Hoodoo Who Correspondence course and it is a good rule. Follow that rule. Lodestone grit, mm-hmm. not a big old lodestone. You're gonna gather all these things together, get yourself a red flannel bag by light of a purple candle that you have anointed with crown of success oil. You're gonna put each one of these herbs and roots and minerals into the mojo bag as you pray. So you're gonna put in that five finger grass asking that you are successful with all five of your fingers. Bailey, that you be crowned with victory and success. Deer's tongue, that your tongue and words are influential. Cinnamon, to draw you favor. Then you're going to put in that lodestone grit, sprinkle a bit of magnetic sand, pray your prayer into it, then wrap the thread around it and knot it three times, closing the mojo bag tightly. Feed it a little bit of Crown of Success oil and just a small dab of whiskey to bring this mojo bag to life. Keep it on your person, put it in your pocket, put it in your underwear, in your bra, especially when you are doing work at any type of examination, any type of uh, interview, and make sure that you feed it at least, at least once a week to keep it alive and strong. This will be your ally. If there are people that are working against you, you need to bring in spiritual allies that will work on your behalf. In other words, to undermine the conspiracy that's happening there, you want some type of spiritual ally, and this mojo bag is that ally. Let's see if Miss Kat and Heidi have anything further to add. Well, my only thing to add is that since you're using Crown of Success oil, it would be a good idea to select your whiskey appropriately, and I would use either um, Crown Royal or Seagram's Crown Mm. 7. How about you, Heidi? Um, My only additional advice would be to take some time, take a day, um, and cook your absolute favorite dish just for the joy of making it. And then share that with your friends because you don't want to um, you don't want to leave out the fact that this is what you love to do. It's not just a job; it's your passion. So go ahead and allow yourself um, the opportunity to make something just out of the sheer joy of cooking. Wow, that's lovely. Um, share it with friends, and yes, the joy of cooking. A famous that's the name of a famous <laughs> cookbook. Also, the name of a of a famous all woman. Uh, band. Um, <laughs> ain't that so? You know them, Heidi. Right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, the joy of cooking. All right. And um, I I think that if you follow these ideas, um, this will really work for you. 
this person um, in the freezer, it's my experience that freezer spells can last a long time, but usually people clean out their freezer at least once a year. They defrost everything. When you defrost the freezer, you can either let this guy frost, uh, defrost a little and then put him back in, or you can burn him to hell in a campfire or do whatever you want to do and he'll be gone. All right. Well, now it is time for our network identification tritone. LMC. You're listening to the LMC Radio Network, broadcasting out of Forestville, California, on the World Wide Web at LuckyMojo.com. And now it's time for our free spell segment from our special guest, Heidi Holton of HeidiHolton.com in Murphy, North Carolina. Take it away, Heidi. All right. Thank you so much. Um, I have for you guys today a really lovely foot bath. I call it the sugar daddy foot bath for sex workers. Um, so here are the ingredients you're going to need. You're going to need one pink six-inch candle, a small handful of granulated sugar, some Cleo May oil, and some Cleo May bath crystals a basin or large kitchen pot, some Essie Sugar Daddy nail polish, Money Stay With Me oil, and either protection or law keep away oil. <clears throat> On a Friday afternoon, anoint your pink candle with Cleo May oil and your sexual fluid working from each end of the candle towards the center. Place the candle on your bathroom counter or on a table next to a comfortable chair, depending on where you will be sitting for your foot bath, and light the candle. Go outside and sprinkle granulated sugar around your backyard and at your front door. If you live in an apartment complex, you can sprinkle the sugar behind your building and at the entryway of your building. We don't want you bringing ants and roaches into the building. Um, fill a basin or large kitchen pot with hot water from the tap and dissolve a teaspoon of Cleo made bath crystals into the water. As you stir, recite Psalm 112. Sit down next to the candle either at your kitchen sink or in your comfortable chair with your uh, big kitchen pot and soak your pre-cleaned feet, concentrating on your desires until the water gets cool. Then take your feet out of the water and allow them to air dry while you dab Cleo May oil and that pussy juice behind your ears and on your wrists. Now you're going to trim and paint your toenails with your Sugar Daddy nail polish. And while this polish is drying, gently hand wash the intimate items that you plan to wear with your clients. Thongs, stockings, lingerie, um, you're going to use your foot bath water as the final rinse. Then carefully wring out each item um, and hang them up to dry. At this point, get a soft cloth, dip it in the water, and use this to wipe down any equipment you will be using for your work. Camera, laptop, phone, ring lights, toys. Um, and then wipe down your handbag and wallet and anoint them with Money Stay With Me oil. 
Finally, you're going to use the same water to wipe off the footwear that you will be wearing and anoint the bottoms of the shoes with either a little protection or law keep away oil, or maybe both, depending on the nature of the work that you're doing. Save a little portion of your foot wash water in a cup and empty the rest in the sink or bathtub. To conclude your working, take the reserved liquid from your foot bath and pour it at your front door or in your front yard. Give thanks to God for his many blessings and pinch out your candle. You can repeat this spell weekly to draw in generous customers, hold on to your hard-earned money, and keep safe while conducting your business. Wow. That's really, really, really good. Um, that is very cool. And uh, and I want to thank <laughs> Nagashiva for putting in Psalms 112. I was just going to hit the send button. I'm undoing mine. <laughs> he beat me to it. <laughs> <laughs> Good for you. Um, that's really, really thorough work. So, folks, that is a sample of the kind of work you will get if you go to Heidi Holton for a reading or for root work. So one reason we like to have guests on this show is they really tell you how they work, what they do, and um, what kind of a customer base they want to serve. Mm -hmm. Now you know. Now you know. Heidi is there for you, and this is so, so thorough. Now, my only question about this that I would ask is, so, Heidi, if someone came to you and said, I, I can't make this bath, would you uh, put together all the ingredients and send it to them um, with the candle and the, the stuff to use? Could you then instruct them to do it at home for themselves? Oh, absolutely, yeah. All right. So, in other words, going to Heidi doesn't mean that you just get a written prescription like this. She can and will, if you need that kind of help, provide everything to you for this spell and other spells in kit form. Yes, right. absolutely. Yeah. This is an important part of how we work in Hoodoo, especially in these Internet era. Um, we are able to send things through the mail. Remember, everybody nowadays thinks that, that they've just invented candle magic and that that's what Hoodoo is, but there's a lot more going on here. And this foot bath is such a traditional way to work. Um, if you have a, um opportunity to use foot baths to work on um, your feet track, you can also use a little bit of the um, foot track water. She had you to sprinkle it in your front yard. I would also say you could use a little bit of it to draw a sigil on the soles of your shoes. And oh, that, yeah. uh, so that when you walk out to where you're going, you'll be carrying that along with you. In other words, if you're not working strictly out of home, but you're going to be an exotic dancer or whatever it's going to be, put put some of that bath water on the soles of your shoes. Among Christians, it's most common to draw on the soles of your shoes a cross. But of course, you don't have to be a Christian and you don't have to draw a cross. You can make an X, you can make a pentagram, you can make a star of David, you can make an eight-pointed star, you can make a seven-pointed star, or your own initials, or a spiral, or a Celtic labyrinth. It doesn't matter what the <laughs> sigil is as long as it feels right to you. Okay, And that is part of um, 
the idea of hiding your work in plain sight because no one will know that you um, did that. Now, um, Susan Barnes says in the chat, some people like feet, just saying. Yeah, so oh, they if you're love not gonna, them, and they'll pay top dollar for them. <laughs> yeah, so it might be that you, instead of drawing it on the soles of your shoes, you draw it on the soles of your feet, okay? And that's um, a pretty hot way to work, too. <laughs> and for all those um, pussy juice on the soles of your feet, think about it. There's <laughs> so much more to life than when you start thinking about this stuff. All right. Um, wow. This was um really educational show, and I, I know that there's going to be people going to come back to this one for years. And there's so many spells that we put out. Lots of them are in the chat room. So if you uh, are just listening to this on the podcast, make sure you come to the chat room, and, and the ingredients are all listed. All right. Thank you, Heidi. You've been wonderful. Thank oh, you. Thank you for having me. Oh, yeah, we'll have you back real soon, too. And thank you, um, Conjurman, for all your help. Always a pleasure. And thank you, James, uh, for your help and all the folks in the chat. All right, well, James is going to come in and give us some words of wisdom to live by, and then we'll come back and say goodbye. Thank you, Ms. Cat and Conjurman, and thank you, Heidi Holton of HeidiHolton.com in Murphy, North Carolina, for being our guest this week. We invite you to join us next week when we will have another fine guest bringing us an Oracle Hour tutorial. Once again, we've come to the end of another Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Root Work Hour brought to you by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California. You can find this cat via the Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com and Conjurman at conjurmanconsulting.com in Mission Viejo, California. I'm your announcer, Reverend James, joining you from folkconjure.com in North Carolina. The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Root Work Hour can be heard every week live on Blog Talk Radio at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern Time. And the shows are available in archive via luckymojo.com forward slash radio show HTML. For all of us at the Lucky Mojo, I'd like to thank you for being here and invite you to tune in once again next week at this same time when you will hear the familiar strain of the Memphis Jug Band playing the Jug Band Waltz. Thank you, everybody. Goodbye. Thank you, James. Now, folks, remember... The time to buy tickets for the 2023 Hoodoo Heritage Festival is now while they're still at their lowest early bird price. Just come on over to HoodooHeritageFestival.com and you can buy a ticket. While you're there, you might also look up the online classes from past shows. And those are only $25 each. You get a video, about an hour video, and you'll also get a two-page PDF with instructions, ingredients, how to do spells. We have 30 of those classes available right now. We also have discount packages of previous Hoodoo Heritage Festivals. So we hope to see you there at the Hoodoo Heritage Festival, and we hope that you enjoy what we've been preserving of these videos for the future, because there's some really, really good stuff in these. All right. Well, that's about it for me. I hope to see you on the Lucky Mojo Forum sometime soon. Bye. 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 Bye.